Hey folks, welcome to this week's Truth in a Thousand Words or Less. My name is Stephen Craig. I am your host and author of Truth in a Thousand Words or Less, and I'm so glad that you could make it here and, uh, and download and listen. Uh, please remember to always uh, send it off to your friends. Uh, suggest that they join us and, uh, and that they download and listen to the podcast as well. Or, uh, or as always, you can find us on uh, my website, www.waitingfortoday.com. And uh, this week, uh, this week's topics, we're back a little foray back into politics. Uh, and it centers around Joe Manchin and uh, the senator from West Virginia, who has uh, the one Democrat who has come out and suggested that he is opposed to uh, getting rid of the filibuster and, uh, and essentially dooming the For the People Act. And I'm going to go into uh, Joe Manchin plenty in, the, in his comments uh, during uh, the actual article this week. Uh, and I'm also going to go into a bit of the history of the filibuster. Um, if you're not sure, a lot of people believe that the filibuster goes all the way back to the or, you know, has its origins in the Constitution. And that's simply not true. It uh it does or, or it did originate um, pretty early on in the days of the Senate. Um, and that what the Senate has a unique rule that allows for uh, people to continue to debate things. Um, and as long as uh, even one senator, originally anyways, as long as even one senator um, wanted to continue to debate the topic, it couldn't go and move on to a vote. Now, this was for many, 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 many years. Um, this was largely procedural um, and uh, it was used very, very infrequently. Um, but it could be used to literally, if you will, talk a bill to death. And if you know that famous scene with Jimmy Stewart and Mr. Smith goes to Washington, um, he, he uh, engages in like the world's longest filibuster where he just keeps on talking and talking and talking. Uh, and not allowing the bill to go do a vote on the Senate floor. Um, this was became enough of a problem in the early part of the 20th century um, that the Senate uh, proposed and ratified um, Senate Bill or Senate Rule 22, uh, which allowed for uh, what's known as cloiture, which is basically enough senators. At that time, it was two thirds of the senators uh, could vote to basically tell that person to shut up uh, and sit down and it, it was going to go to a vote anyways. Um, that number in the 70s, uh, 1975, I believe it was, got changed to 60%. And uh, so for those folks, first of all, that think that this is some long heralded tradition that the filibuster was conceived of by the founding fathers, absolutely incorrect. Uh, that is not part of that. Um, and in fact, it's changed dramatically. You know, when you think back to that scene with Jimmy Stewart, um, you think of, um, you think of, you know, senators sitting there and talking ad nauseum, uh, in order to kill a bill. Uh, and some of you might remember, um, well, let's to fast forward. Um, now that's not even really necessary. And you've even seen um, almost comedic takes of like Ted Cruz and uh, Rand Paul getting up and reading Green Eggs and Ham 
um, things that aren't even substantive uh, in order to in order to create this obstructionist tactic. And, and that's basically um, what the filibuster has become. And and while in the you know, if you go back to prior to the 20th century, there, there was an argument to be made that, you know, the Senate was to be the more judicious um, of the two bodies that um, that it, by having to, you know, by having the filibuster in place, um, that it allowed for more thoughtful debate about uh, a bill rather than just an immediate passing, which is, is fairly, um, fairly much the case in the House. But what it has morphed into in the 21st century, it, first of all, the use of it has become exponentially, has exponentially increased. And it's become a path to obstructionism. Because while the founding fathers were very clear that it was, it only took a simple majority, 50% of uh, either house to pass uh, for both houses, you know, in both houses to pass a bill, uh, what it's become in the Senate is that you suddenly need 60 senators rather than 50 to pass anything. And while in this hugely uh, partisan day of politics, uh, I, I don't even remember the last time that either party had 60 senators to be able to pass legislation without the, you know, without the bipartisan support of the other party. And while that might seem uh, to be a good thing to, in, to try to um, force bipartisanship, the reality is, is that both parties, um, but particularly Republicans, have used it as a pure path to obstructionism. They did it under Obama. Um, you could certainly argue that the Democrats had, did it at times to Trump, um, although he was able to pass through budgetary items, etc., um, as there are some limits to the filibuster. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that what this has done is when we talk about the bureaucracy of in, within the United States and that we become, um, that we become inevitably frustrated by the pure inertia in our government, the inability to pass anything for, for if it seems at times like it is impossible to get anything done in this country. This is a big part of it. Right now, Democrats were given, uh, the voters of this country gave the Democrats a mandate, no matter how, whether you like it or not, no matter which side of the political aisle you're on, when one party gets, within the course of one election, gets both houses, uh, including flipping the Senate, um, and they flip the presidency all in one year, that's the people telling you what, which, which set of agenda they would like to go with. And clearly the people of this country wanted to go with the agenda that represents, that the Democrats represented. And at this point, um, that, that agenda is being frustrated by the obstructionist tactics of the, of the Senate. And, uh, and Mitch McConnell has come out blatantly. It's not like, and it's not even at this point, like, Republicans, especially Mitch McConnell, who is the Senate minority leader now, uh, was the Senate majority leader when the uh, Republicans had uh, when the Republicans had control of the Senate. Um, it is the fact of the matter is is that uh, 
Mitch McConnell has come out and said that it is his 100%, their 100% tactic for the next two years is to block anything from the Biden agenda. That means that, uh, you know, the, uh, the infrastructure package, which Biden is trying to suggest, and perhaps even more important, uh, the For the People Act, which is trying to undo the voter suppression laws um, that are being enacted throughout the country by Republican uh, legislation, state legislation, and um, state legislative bodies. And, and this really uh, undermines the entire process of democracy on two levels. First, you have all of these voter suppression laws, um, which are clearly aimed at Democratic voters and black voters specifically. Um, and one can only hope uh, that this tactic backfires, um, that while, uh, it's, while Republicans are clearly making it more and more difficult for black people to vote in this country, uh, that black people see that uh, and become all the more committed uh, to doing whatever it takes to make their voices heard within this government and to vote these motherfuckers out. These people who would do anything based upon these false lies and conspiracy theories that somehow or another that the 2020 election was uh, was in any way, shape, or form anything but um, anything but verifiable and and valid. Uh, these lies about uh, vote, you know uh, election fraud, none of which have been proven, every case of which has been thrown out of court. It's a complete sham. And they continue to perpetuate this lie in order to um, somehow or another uh, validate the voter suppression laws that they are trying to pass throughout the country. And I've written about this before, so I won't go into it again. But to be to try to take away, especially with racial motivation, right? They saw that black voters voted Democratic um, very heavily during the last election cycle. And they're doing everything they can to hold, Republicans are doing everything they can to shut down those voices, to silence those voices, um, to not let something happen like what happened to them in Georgia, where black voters found a voice and voted in mass and changed the government demographics within this country. Um, and Republicans saw that and saw that they are getting voted out in mass and knew that they couldn't change people's minds based upon their policies. So they had to rig the game themselves and to cheat. And cheating meant to silence black people, to silence their political voice. That's not what democracy is about. And that is the first part of it. But the second part of the, the filibuster and why it needs to go at this particular point is that it has allowed government to grind to a halt regardless of which party's in power. Because all the minority party needs is 40 senators. And that's nothing. In this deeply divided nation, both parties are, the minority party will always have at least 40 senators. There are at least, you know, 40 seats reliably that are going to go to either party. It's really a toss-up of 20 that are really in play. And so no matter where things shake out, 
government will go nowhere. And that is why Joe Manchin's decision to um, Joe Manchin's decision to avoid to not vote to end the filibuster is so overwhelmingly frustrating because the Democrats need him and every other Democrat to vote to get rid of the filibuster in order to have any chance to actually pass meaningful legislation during this voting during this uh, current political climate. So with that, I bring you uh, this week's Truth in a Thousand Words or Less. Joe Manchin is a dinosaur, Democrat, in name only. Do you remember what you used to believe in Santa Claus? The Easter Bunny? The Tooth Fairy? Republicans with integrity. Those were blissful years, weren't they? But then you grew up and realized that Santa is but a myth your parents told you to make you behave for a few weeks in December, and that bipartisanship in the modern political era is a hopeless delusion lost long ago in the neck flaps of Mitch McConnell. But someone should tell that to Joe Manchin, because that dude is straight up gullible with a capital G. He's the pitiful guy waiting for his girlfriend to come back to him, even though she just took a trip to Maui with her new beau and sent him the bill. He's the stupid kid who really believes that the word gullible is written on the ceiling. He's Charlie fucking Brown thinking that somehow this time, yes, this time, he will kick that football through the uprights. But those pernicious little Lucy Republicans just yanked that thing away once again and walked on home, taking their ball with them. In recent interviews and dispiritingly impotent press releases, Manchin has suggested that he will oppose Democrats' attempt to end the filibuster with the wishy-washy reasoning that he believes that this would somehow discourage efforts to reach bipartisan agreements in the Senate. Now, before I lose my everlasting mind having to explain what a preposterously far-fetched notion that is, let me give you a brief history lesson on the origins of the filibuster and its ramifications on American government. For those of you, you know, who carry copies of the Constitution with you wherever you go, but never somehow get around to actually reading it. You see, the filibuster isn't actually in there. It is actually a procedural rule unique to the Senate that dates back to the very first senatorial session in 1789, though the term itself did not really enter legislative circles until the mid-1850s. Because no bill could advance to a vote without every senator agreeing to end debate, Rules allowed even one senator to stand up and just keep on talking, effectively killing the bill by literally talking the bill to death. You've all seen Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, right? By the way, if you haven't seen it, it's a great movie. I highly recommend it. Well, finally in 1917, with frustration mounting at the inability to get anything done, senators adopted a rule, Senate Rule 22. That's right. This is only in 1917 that allowed the Senate to invoke cloture and limit debate with a two-thirds majority vote. Then, in 1975, the Senate reduced the number of votes required for cloture from two-thirds of senators voting to three-fifths of all senators duly chosen and sworn, or 60 of the current 100 senators. So for those of you pounding the desk that we cannot remove the filibuster because it is some time-honored tradition intended by the Founding Fathers, to allow the Senate to slow the pace of legislation and give the minority party a voice? You may want to break out that hermetically sealed constitution and read it, because it ain't in there. Moreover, the use of the filibuster has increased exponentially over the last century, 
with a particularly dramatic increase since the 1990s, as token attempts of bipartisanship have been tossed out the window in favor of naked obstructionism. The effect is to somehow undermine the very Constitution itself, which explicitly requires only a simple majority to pass legislation through either branch of Congress, as the Founding Fathers intended, and instead require a supermajority of 60 votes in order to even get the damn thing to a vote. Which brings me back to Joe Manchin. When pressed on this issue last week with Chris Wallace, by the way, if you don't know who Chris Wallace is, Fox News, uh, yeah, Fox News uh, reporter, etc., uh, has hosted, uh, has been the host for a couple of the presidential debates. Uh, when pressed on this issue last week with Chris Wallace, who challenged Manchin's reasoning for refusing to overturn the filibuster by suggesting that the move only empowered Republicans to be obstructionists, Manchin weakly countered that he believed there to be, quote-unquote, seven brave Republicans that continue to vote for what they know is right and the facts as they see them. Okay there, Joe, but the last time I checked, seven is definitely less than ten. And that's the number of Republican senators Democrats need to move anything through the intractable bowels of the U.S. Senate. A calculation that led even Chris Wallace to suggest that Manchin was being quote-unquote naive. Now, when Chris Wallace starts calling you naive, it might just be time to check your testicles at the door. But Manchin actually had the audacity to retort, I'm not being naive. I'm going to continue to keep working with my bipartisan friends, and hopefully we can get more of them. Oh, really, Joe? And just which bipartisan friends are you talking about? Mitch McConnell, who said just last week that 100% of our focus is on stopping this new administration? Yeah, good luck with that one there, buddy. Republicans have already signaled their intention to enact absolutely nothing, essentially grinding the government to a screeching halt despite a clear mandate from the people that gave Democrats control of both houses of Congress and the presidency. And the Democrats are no better. When Republicans held on to both houses and had Trump in the White House, they used filibuster rules to block much of the policy agenda Trump tried to pass. In the modern era of party over country politics, as long as neither party can manage to get as long as either party can manage to get a mere 40 votes in the Senate, they can prevent any meaningful legislation proposed by the majority, even though this clearly rejects the will of both the nation's founders and the American people. The result is a crippling political inertia that is destroying the very fabric of democracy in the United States. Even as Republican state legislators are passing sweeping voter suppression laws, much to the consternation and detriment of the American people themselves, the federal government is rendered powerless to do absolutely anything about it. With Republicans more than happy to try to prohibit the very voters who ousted many of their colleagues in 2020, the For the People Act is dead on arrival. This is not how democracy is supposed to function, people. Or maybe we are just watching the death throes of democracy itself, the last wistful days where the voice of the American people actually matters before fading away into the realm of nostalgia and mythology. You know, like Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy, and the Easter Bunny. Thanks for listening, folks. I really appreciate it. As always, spread the love. Get it out there to as many people as you can. And uh, it doesn't have to be like-minded people, folks. Um, 
you know, the idea behind truth is to create that dialogue. So send it to uh, send it to your friends who might be on uh, who might see issues differently than you on other sides of the political aisle. Um, I, meanwhile, will be right back here next Thursday with another episode of Truth in a Thousand Words or Less. Thanks a lot and peace out.